Hello, cult hackers, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. And I'm her dad. I'm Stephen. I'm an organizational psychologist, was a member of a cultic group um, up until the age of 30, and left when you were born, Celine. So, welcome to the podcast, everyone. I don't know why. I feel I'm in a weird mood. Um, and but we've got to record it, so yeah, we've got to do mood. it. Weird mood is fine. I feel good. I've had a good night's sleep. So it's nine o'clock Friday morning, um, and we both strangely seem quite up for it this morning. So that's good. Well, yeah, I do. I do have a four day work week, so you know, Friday recording day. <laughs> what privilege! Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, okay, so today is a topic that I've kind of come up with called the ABC of conspiracism and yeah. cultic groups see at first i thought this was like a well um like a like a, a, a the abc was a thing that everybody knew so when i asked you originally what is the abc i thought i'd missed something but you're saying it's something you've come up with the abc well um I Obviously, I, i'm, I'm underprepared i'm kind of um can we say bastardizing um, it from uh, existing psychological models, some of which I've spoken about before. Um, so there's a, a model that I'm a big fan of. I think I've said it um, called self-determination theory that is used in workplaces particularly, uh, but generally in organizational psychology. Um, and there's also a kind of adaption from that to sort of simplify it a bit, which is where you get the ABC from. Um, so I'm I'm going to sort of go through that and explain uh, how that relates to cults. And I think in particular, I suppose, um, what we might call conspiracism. So uh, in my thinking about this topic, I thought we probably should start with defining what we mean by conspiracism. Mm-hmm. Um, it's partly motivated, actually, by something that's in the news a lot. And I don't want to get into the, the detail of it because... It's not kind of our general area of interest, but of course, Russell Brand, the UK ex-comedian, now kind of guru, who is a kind of conspiracist himself and certainly peddles a lot of the conspiracy theories on his channel, has been in the news about some accusations around sexual abuse and um, and so on. So we won't get into all of those accusations, but it did get me thinking about him as a guru, if you like, as a influencer, as somebody that talks about a lot of these topics. And there are, of course, there are lots of these. Um, so I thought it would be quite interesting to think why, why there's so many of, of these influences, these gurus, these people that are promoting a kind of, uh reaction rebellion against what's considered to be elites and the people controlling us and all of that so i think it's a really interesting and important topic and of course it has lots of crossovers to cults and some would say they actually are cults but it's a complicated picture and as always we like to get into the detail because we're called hackers we like to hack into the code not just talk about the surface very good Let's let's do it then. Let's do it. So, are we good? So, you saying you want to go into what conspiracism is first? I think, I think we ought the to do ABC. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, shall we do conspiracism? Yeah. What is that? So, 
of course, we've spoken to Brentley a couple of times on this podcast, um, mm-hmm. who has his own podcast called mm-hmm. Some Dare Call It Conspiracy, which is well worth listening to. And he describes himself as an ex-conspiracist. Um, it's a word that I think it's kind of uh, a fairly new word. If you type conspiracism on your word processor, you get a little red squiggly line under it. So this tells you that um, it's not recognized in the dictionaries yet. So it's kind of a new word. But for me, what this means, what I mean when I'm talking about this, is that it's not the belief in a specific conspiracy theory. So you might believe, let's say, that that we faked the moon landings. Um, I personally think we went to the moon, but if you believe we faked the moon landing, that doesn't make you a conspiracist. That just means that you believe in a particular conspiracy theory. And it's a conspiracy because lots of people would have have to sort of do this behind closed doors. It would involve lots of people telling lies and covering things up. So that's really the nature of a conspiracy. So whether you believe that or maybe you have theories about JFK's assassination or, you know, there's lots of these theories out there. And if you believe one of these or more than one of these, this doesn't necessarily make you a conspiracist. So I think that's important to say. It's also important to recognize that there actually are conspiracies in the world. You know, we know that from history. There are Mm -hmm. lots of times when politicians have lied to us, when there's been dark projects going on and, uh, you know, money being handed over and uh, influence being peddled and all of that. That happens. Of course it does in the world of espionage, uh, in the corporate world. Um, So we know that conspiracies happen. And so thinking that this is a conspiracy doesn't make you a conspiracist, in my view. What what actually conspiracism is about is when yeah, I was going to say when do you tip over yeah. to the side? So it's when you start to have this overarching view that everything essentially is a part of a grand conspiracy. So an example of this is let's take a, a a kind of extreme example. You know the reptilian overlords are controlling everything. And um, or there's a paedophile ring of elites controlling the world and politics and the media and entertainment and so on and so on. And so these uh, these ideas. So what what this means is that everything you look at, every news item, every injustice, every lie, every bad person. Uh, whatever, everything, even things that on the face might look good are also part of this conspiracy, are part of this grand conspiracy, this overarching conspiracy. Um, And so you see everything through that lens. It's the single lens through which you view and make sense of the world. Um, And you're tying all these things together. So when one thing happens in the world, you think, oh, that must be because of this thing, or maybe it's linked to a particular date or a particular number or or a, a group or something. And so you start to draw connections that I would argue are not actually relevant, but you're starting to say, well, this is an evidence of this, and this is an example of that, and this links to this, and this links to that. Um, It's kind of that, you know, that sort of meme that goes around of the big board with all the, the pins and string connecting everything. And 
that's kind of I think this is an extreme uh, version of that. So that's what I mean when I say conspiracism. It's an ideology. It's a a fully fledged belief system. It's a generalizable belief system, which um, allows people to make sense of absolutely everything through that lens. Does that make sense? It does. So yeah, it's um yeah this sort of grand plan. Or like believing there's some sort of grand plan going on yeah. somewhere and it's all connected. <laughs> mm. and that's a key phrase. It's all connected. It's all connected, yeah. Mm. Um, and and it also sort of suggests a level of competence by these leaders that um I think is is one of the problems with it. Um, because mm-hmm. in my experience, people in power and authority are generally pretty incompetent. Mm. Um and the idea that they can have they can pull the strings in this coordinated fashion um seems far-fetched to me um again that's not to say that there aren't people who have power and influence mm-hmm. um and there's actually a you know um a relatively small number of billionaires in the world compared to everybody else and they have a oversized amount of power and influence because of mm-hmm. that there's um <clears throat> well yeah there's there's in the uk for instance you know we have um a handful of universities who essentially produce the vast majority mm-hmm. of leaders both corporate and political leaders within our country and that seems strange so if you get influence in those institutions and clearly you've got more influence than than somebody who you know mm-hmm. works at the local mcdonald's so you clearly there are lots of inequalities and inequities in the world. Um, so it's kind of, it, it's not that there aren't any of those things. It's just that um, conspiracism takes those real inequalities, those real cliques, those real elites, and um, links them all together in a way that doesn't necessarily, there's no evidence for. Um, and you start to see connections when, there aren't necessarily connections or there's no evidence for them. So that's my way of thinking. But it's just, so if you were to hear something on the news today, and Brent talks about this, you know, when he heard something on the news, he was straight away thinking, oh, that must be because of something else. So he doesn't believe the narrative that he's reading. You know, there was an air crash today, um, unfortunately killing 100 people. Um it's not you don't take that on face value you don't say well that was terrible and we need to do some air crash investigations to make sure we understand what happened and how we can improve and make sure that doesn't happen again and so um if you're a real hardened conspiracist you're going to say right okay well that happened but mm, or did it happen first of all did it really happen um or maybe these people were just spirited away somewhere because they said the wrong thing or or maybe actually this was a a government plot to do xyz so it's always a kind of more complex and hidden um answer to to something that, that has happened um so there's an assumption of conspiracy and an assumption of a link to a grander conspiracy that all connects and that creates a worldview. And the reason I guess we've got onto this before is because when you've been in sort of cultic groups, that kind of it teach you teaches you the same practices, doesn't it? So yeah, when there's earthquakes or you know X Y Z thing, it's because the end times are coming. Yeah, that's right. So again, it's my assertion that being in a cultic group particularly a a sort of doomsday apocalyptic group 
that has this worldview that the whole world is being controlled by Satan and his demons, you know, that's, that is for me, the, the, the grandfather of conspiracy, you know, that is, that explains everything then, doesn't it? From air crashes to illnesses, to pandemics, to earthquakes, you know, this is, this is all part of the last days, and it's because Satan has been thrown to the vicinity of the earth and his demons and he are manipulating, controlling, and so on and so on. So for me, it's just if you go from Jehovah's Witnesses, for instance, to a grand conspiracy theory, then for me, you're, all you're doing is you're just replacing the bad guy, really. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's my view anyway. But I, I thought it would be interesting to identify the similarities between cults and conspiracism in terms of what attracts people to them. We talked a little bit about motivation around cults. So we're going to, I suppose it's a bit of an extension of that, but um, I want to get into this particular way of thinking about this because I think it's really, really interesting and it might explain some of, I guess the befuddlement that some of us have that we end up in a world like this, a world with Russell Brand's, Andrew Tate, um, people of their sort of worldview becoming themselves incredibly powerful, wealthy and influential. And, you know, how's that happening? I think is a question that a lot of us want to know. Um, so that's, this is my attempt at putting forward a, at least a, a proposal, I suppose, you know, I'm not saying it's completely formed, but this for me is, is what I think uh, might be going on. And yeah, please, Celine, you know, argue with me if you if you disagree <laughs> with some of this stuff um and our listeners you know i'd be interested in in your perspectives on this as well so is this a good point to start explaining what you mean by a b and c <laughs> yeah let's do that the a b and c um so so it, it comes from this uh as i mentioned this psychological structure this psychological theory let's call it of self-determination theory which is um, a, a way of trying to understand how people are motivated within organizations. So what's, you know, what's going on there. Um, and some people, because actually what, what um, self-determination theory says is that what really these basic, there are basic psychological needs that we all have mm-hmm. that can be fulfilled in organizations or in the workplace in particular so this is a a theory that's particularly used in in workplace settings but obviously i'm adapting it here and um sdt self-determination theory says that people have the basic psychological needs of needing a sense of autonomy which is the a Mm -hmm. um competence which Mm -hmm. is the c and relatedness and so to simplify that sometimes we can cheat and call it belonging and that gives us the abc uh, yeah i was like acr that's not right <laughs> that's so, not you know, they kind of missed a trick i think when they were doing this theory um mm-hmm. so autonomy relatedness and competence but 
I think a lot of us use autonomy, belonging, and competence. Um, relatedness is probably more accurate, and I'll explain why. And it does have an extra element onto it that belonging perhaps doesn't. So that's why, you know, in in scientific mm. theory, you've got to be accurate, not necessarily. You can call it art. You can get some sort of funny biblical jokes in there. I'll let you try and think <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, so let's start with autonomy. Um, we'll, we'll explore what that means and then how uh, conspiracism in particular, because that's really what we're focusing on today. But cultic groups, of course, that's the same thing in many respects. So ha- what is autonomy? So when I say autonomy, silly, what do you think about when I use that term? Um, making decisions for oneself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't need to go into it all that. Making decisions for oneself. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree. That's that's what we mean by autonomy. And of course, that's closely linked to ideas around freedom. Um, so autonomy, the the ability to make decisions for ourselves. Um, so freedom, freedom to do what? So what what for you, what does that conjure up? Sort of um about free just the term freedom, taking in whatever information that I want to to make a yeah. decision. Yeah, based on that information. So so being able to source your own information, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. your own decisions, so you're mm-hmm. free to make choices. Mm-hmm. Um, you're free to have your own beliefs about things. If yeah. you want to believe in God, or if you want to believe in um, reincarnation, or if you want to believe in traditional family values, or mm-hmm. you want to believe in free love, you know, these are all, options these are all freedoms that i think um certainly in a, a big part of the world often described as the developed world we we tend to value these these very much um freedom to live my own life mm-hmm. uh freedom from state control freedom to do what i want to do um an opportunity to develop myself to progress freedom to learn and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes uh, not having people tell me what I should do what I should think what I should say um freedom of speech so I can say whatever I want to say mm-hmm. um so these are just all linked freedom yeah just freedom to move through the world untethered yeah yeah so if we're saying that's a that's a basic psychological need then you know that that's quite profound if we feel if we start to feel that that autonomy is either being suppressed or repressed or we're being repressed then then we start to to feel a need to find more of that so the idea with this is that if you start to feel like that's being reduced for you then you want more of it or you want to find a way of increasing levels of, of a sense of autonomy. So you'll try to find more of it. So the more somebody tries to take it off you, the more you want it again or the more of it you want. Mm. Um, I think if you think about some of the movements, particularly on the right, I suppose, but this is not limited to, to the right of politics, but it, let's go there for the moment. If you think about movements on the right what are the sorts of things that they tend to be focusing on masks recently um having to wear masks uh, yeah mm-hmm. good example mm-hmm. um vaccines is another one 
being forced to have a vaccine or feeling like you're being forced to have a vaccine so you know you certain professions yeah. certain jobs you you had to have a vaccine in or, order to do that job i mean if you if you want to use it um sort of rishi sunak's speech about climate change that was very much trying to i feel use this psycho this psychology to garner votes for saying we're scrapping having to use seven bins um we're scrapping having to you know all these things that weren't true um but saying that because you know trying to make people feel like they were being forced into something and that he's now taking away that force he's allowing you the choice absolutely so freedom Um, to choose yeah. yeah anyone that doesn't know the seven bins thing was nonsense but anyway um he's making that's what he's i guess trying to take advantage of is making people feel like their choices were about to be taken away from them and he in fact is saving everybody and allowing them choice but yeah so absolutely um along with that was things like um uh, we're we're gonna scrap you having to uh, reduce your air travel we're gonna we're gonna stop the carpool uh, thing. requirement to carpool none of these things were in any way likely to happen um yeah. and i think they basically found the odd think tank that might have floated the odd slightly mm-hmm. crazy idea you know in that brainstorming moment when you say yeah. well yeah we could really do with seven minutes and that was jumped on as a policy that we're now going to scrap, you know, because that's, uh, that's not so yes, absolutely. So there's a lot of talk around. Um, I mean, a lot of the, 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 the stuff I've seen on TikTok and reels, or certainly a, a year ago was, was this belief that the government was basically stopping you from moving around. Um, so this whole thing around 10 minute cities or whatever, um, Mm. was, was painted as being a a way to stop you being able to go anywhere. Um, but again, this appeals to our fear of Mm. control. We don't want to be controlled. We don't want to be told what to do. Um, and so if we start to feel that that our autonomy is being reduced, whether it that be real or imagined or used as a tool by unscrupulous politicians or whatever, then we start to respond to that. It, it hits a nerve. It really does. Um, and so I think what a lot of these conspiracist um, gurus are doing is they're saying, look, you know, the elites are trying to stop you from doing the things that you like to do and um you know we need to kick against that we need to we need to to rebel against these forces that are trying to stop you from doing the things that you've always done and that you like doing like eating meat like getting in your car um like not having to wear a mask when you go into a shop Mm -hmm. Um, these are these are um this is an appeal to autonomy or to this need for a sense of autonomy (laughs) did you know it's estimated that there are over three million podcasts currently out there so trying to get noticed and grow listeners is really hard if you're enjoying this podcast why not tell a friend about it We can be found on all the podcast apps, so please tell them to search for Cult Hackers. In fact, why not pause the show right here and do it now? 
you can find the pod link on our show notes. So you can just copy and paste it into a message or share it using your app. Thank you. Now back to the podcast. Yeah. I would I would also say that I think there's a a slightly cynic, well, not slightly, a very cynical ploy as well from people that actually might be having their power reduced. So they're, they're in societies, there are always groups within society that have more power and influence than others. I think this has always been the case. If you look back in history, you know, kings and queens, warlords, um, chiefs, and, you know, you've always got um, a group of people who have influence. As soon as that influence starts to wane, then they personally start to feel a lack of uh, power and them, their own autonomy. So one of the tactics they have is to start to say, oh, look, you know, these other people, these are the people that are trying to take away your autonomy, your power, but actually it's their power and autonomy that they're worried about. You know, and this is why you end up with the bizarre situation where you have people like Donald Trump, Andrew Tate, Russell Brand, um, millionaires and billionaires telling you that it's the elites that you need to be rebelling against. <laughs> that is exactly what they are. They are the elites. They are the elites. They're the ones with the money and the power and the influence. And it's 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 a way to maintain that. And that's mm-hmm. that's really what they're doing. So they're playing upon yeah. our fears, if you like, to say, you know, you, you're being um, oppressed and um, come and join us because you'll have freedom within our group and and we can also stick it to the man basically yeah. you know so i've seen it being used as well because i think people are starting to get savvy of that of like billionaires telling them to watch out for other billionaires effectively i think people are getting a bit more savvy to that so i've seen a few people a few politicians say things like we can't make the working class pay for the things that these middle class sort of you know wankers want effectively do you know what i mean like we can't be having them paying for their sort of vegan electric car lifestyles you know um so you know and it's just the same stuff it's just different words it is and and of course uh, this is part of where all the culture war stuff comes in and and generational wars i suppose you know the um um tofu eating Mm, soy boys (laughs) yeah uh, you know and what avocado on toast eating millennials that are you know they're the problem um not the not the billionaire capitalists who mm-hmm. are hoarding all the capital and um you know making uh cuts to services and so on you know that mm-hmm. actually it's it's the it's the 20 somethings eating mm-hmm. avocado that is the big problem mm-hmm. um and but that of course that's that's designed again to create this this wedge between people and say and it's a way to say hey you know, if you're one of these people that feels like the world is shifting under your feet and the things you could rely on, um, you can't rely on anymore. The things that that gave you what you consider to be the lifestyle you want, um, the, these are the things that they're trying to take away from you. Um, and there might be also some sort of, um, I mean, if you think about the power, who has power in society, you know, uh, Christianity has had a lot of power over the the last sort of millennia. And um, there's a challenge to that, too. So, you know, atheists get it in the neck and Muslims and so on. So it's um, 
it, it, again is this uh there's this desire to to say come over here you'll be safe with us um and you'll have your own you, you can say what you like over here you know you can you can make jokes you can freedom of speech is absolutely the most important thing um again you've got a billionaire like elon musk saying you know freedom of speech is the most important thing um who buys a media company essentially and then decides for everybody else how that's going to work mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think autonomy is one of these things that is being weaponized by cult leaders um and also by conspiracists to attract people into these these ways of of sort of thinking and and being so i want to move on next to I'm going to go out of the ABC sequence because I want to move next to competence. Um, so um, let's do the same as we did before. If I say competence, what do you immediately think I mean by that? What are you going to do? I say competence, you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good at your job. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think competence. Um, well, th- there's two veins of this, I feel right there's competence in that you are actually good at what you're doing and there's competence in that you feel that you're good at what you're doing (laughs) well that's interesting yeah that's what my brain goes to because um sometimes people will tell me i'm good at what i'm doing but i don't necessarily believe it so do i feel Mm. competent so i guess feeling competent and being competent are different things but for sake of argument you can use them as you like but that's what i think (laughs) Well, I think you, you you know you spotted something really important, um, but from a psychological point point of view, the only thing that matters is your beliefs. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you are competent or not competent actually has no relevance necessarily <laughs> on your psychological state. We know we've all we've all met people who are incredibly confident in their own abilities, confident um, in competence. <laughs> Confident incompetence. Oh, that's oh, it's getting too complicated. But yes, um, so you know, we do. Everybody knows people that have this um, Mm -hmm. massive feeling of competence, but are not. You know, and there's, you know, we could get into the Dunning Kruger effect um, (laughs) around this. Um, There's some evidence to suggest that if you know a little bit about something, then this greatly increases your levels of confidence in Mm -hmm. what you know but actually uh reduces your level of competence about it but anyway that's that's for a different episode i think Mm. but yeah that's right so we're really talking here about feelings because it's these feelings that will motivate us to seek more feelings of competence so feelings of competence is what we're seeking we want to feel competent yeah we want to feel like we can do stuff Mm -hmm. uh yeah being good at our job being a good dad, being a good mum, being a good daughter, son, being a, a respected member of the community, being a good business person, an entrepreneur, a great social media influencer, pretty, handsome, whatever, you know, whatever it is, we have a need, a psychological, basic psychological need to feel that we have some competence, at least in some area. And I think that's kind of, uncontroversial i think most of us would acknowledge that we want to feel competent mm-hmm. so if you live in a in a world where you feel a bit lost where you feel you don't quite fit in you can't get going in life 
or that your life is sort of falling apart, you feel this viscerally. It really affects your sense of self. Um, Freud called it your ego. We still use mm. that word ego. This is your sense of, you know, looking at yourself as me. Um, and so if you, let's say you lose your job, I've, I've been made redundant before and I know how that made me feel. This goes back sort of 20 years ago and, and I know how that felt and it was a terrible, it felt like an attack on my sense of, of self and who I was. So you could lose your job or, or at least um, not even get the job you want or, or end up. So unemployment at the moment is very low, but the quality of employment that we have available, I think, is quite poor. So there's lots of jobs out there, but what sort of jobs? So there's a lot of uh, jobs that, you know, people are taking that, okay, they can they can make just about enough money to manage, but that's about it. It's not all they hoped for, and it doesn't mm. make them feel competent. If you think about your your situation as a as a young younger person mm. Celine, what 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 areas uh would you say sort of affect you and your your generation and younger um well i'd say there was a lot of um probably promises of um as ev- i feel like every generation can probably attest to this but us us um a lot of promise of if you do xyz thing you will achieve xyz thing mm. so um Obviously, I think for my generation, it's probably the most percentage go to uni than ever. Um, and that increases all the time because it's kind of the track people take and the promises that you'll get a job of a skill level that you are trained up to and that people um, on applications expect you have a degree. And um, I would say a lot of my friends have said that they've done all this education and gone for a degree and they massively don't use it on the day-to-day which is Mm. quite frustrating um and being able to afford a house that's something that and you kind of think well i've got my degree i've got a job i should be able to buy a house but you can't buy a house um or you know things like that um and Mm. therefore and you know when therefore you end up renting your so I can swing it back into autonomy as well. You can't make as many decisions for yourself mm. when you're renting versus when you're in your own home. Um, so it's not your home, so you can't just paint the walls a new colour or get a pet or, you know, do whatever you want because you're in a different situation. Um, so kind of things like that, I would mm. say, are, are frustrations. <laughs> I think that's right. And so that's bound to affect your, you're right. That relates to autonomy as well. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of us grew up with the messages from the culture that, you know, having a nice house, having mm-hmm. 2.4 children, uh, you know, a dog, <laughs> uh, a nice car, good job, decent job. Um, and yes, you've worked, you've done this degree using that degree in some way um mm-hmm. to help you get your job and so on this makes you feel like you've you know you've arrived you've you've achieved mm-hmm. something um and whilst it in itself it it might not be enough so even when you achieve those things i would argue that's probably not enough for real sense of uh meaning and purpose but it's kind of like the hygiene factor we talked mm. about with hertzberg the other day it's like the minimum you expect, um, I think, or we have expected, if you 
keep your nose clean you do your education um you you obey the law um you pay your taxes and there's a kind of contract with you and the state that says you know you'll be you'll be um you'll have opportunity. So mm-hmm. long as you work hard, you'll have opportunity to to get where you want to go. And I think there's a there's a breakdown of that now. Yeah. And I, I think and I don't think it's just for my generation. I just think people that are out being adults. So just people that are adults at the moment, yeah. I think it's hard to feel comfortable and content because there is a concern that yeah, things will change any moment. Like rents could go soaring or you're interest rate so even if you have a house your interest rate could go mental or the you know everyone i think is being quiet about are our bills going to go mental for christmas again you know there's all those things that are kind of quietly rumbling around all the time i mean we talked about going from um, previously having a job that was minimum wage to no longer minimum wage but not really feeling any different in the quality of life or how we live Mm. our lives because the world has changed. So Mm. even changing your own circumstances, what is in your power, but then it doesn't, because of the external forces, it doesn't feel like much has changed. So even, yeah, increasing your salary when built, when shopping's gone up by like 50%. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, you know, if our sense of competence is linked to things like our ability to go on holiday abroad or mm-hmm. um, enjoy a nice meal or go out for a meal or um, have, as I say, a, a nice car or uh, where we live. or And I think, you know, we have been raised in society. Now, you could argue that that's, that's part of the problem, but I think we have been raised to think that these are things we we should be able to expect if we work hard and if we contribute to society mm-hmm. then there that is, is a the narrative that's mm-hmm. right um and so the answer if you find that you're not having those things it's hard not to feel a sense of failure because mm-hmm. i'm not able to have those things and that's you know that i don't understand it's you're confused and you feel that either it's you it's you it's your fault or it's the system that's um, that's ganging up on you you know um, and there's all sorts of things that also add to that that happen they've always happened but things like um you know a relationship breakup um inability to find a, a sexual partner you know so this is one of the big problems for the sort of incel movement um or at least a partner that you want that that meets your expectations for in whatever way that that is mm-hmm. um you said about house buying maybe you're still living at home you know in your 30s and you're still living with your parents mm-hmm. um rental might even be out out of the picture so you know being a, a, able to afford a rent is these days is being a, a single kind of person and renting yeah. alone is very difficult mm. it's very difficult so you kind of feel a failure in the world that's stacked up against you and and you you hate feeling that way so if somebody comes along and says hey the problem's not you it's the system. Mm. It's these elites that are causing this. Come with me. I'll help you find meaning and purpose, or at least come with me and and together we can do this yeah. sticking it to the man thing. Or they, but then, they'll not you know. point to the real systemic issues though, Correct. because they're part of those systemic issues when we're talking yeah. about these, you know, musks and sunaks and um, X Y Z. You know, 
um, people. Um, it's yeah, pointing to whatever isn't what they're part of the problem. You know, they're not going to point to themselves, are they? Well, that's right. I mean, we have to be slightly careful. You know, um, Rishi Sunak is is the Prime Minister of the UK. He's not quite a conspiracy cult leader. Uh, no, certainly I not yet. Like well that, that that's fair <laughs> enough but he's not he's not quite a no but you know what i'm saying yeah. but i think i think it does reflect a um a certain lurch towards that type of thinking that certainly in the uk the right of politics and i think in the us mm-hmm. um has facilitated and actually they're they're kind of following in some respects the agenda that has been set by some of these um these gurus and these anti-establishment figures really mm-hmm. um yeah so there's a sort of rebellion against a system that you feel has given you nothing but keeps taking your taxes you don't have a stake in the um in this system um it demands that you do things and you say things and so on and so on um i mean going back to autonomy i think as well this is where the uh backlash against what is sometimes called political correctness comes from you know so i can't even say this now you know oh, i'm not even allowed to say that nice. um so there's this feeling that um that your your freedoms are being constantly uh, suppressed um so i think that that's again that if you feel that you're in this situation then you you you're it's very attractive to think oh can I can I find a way of getting out of that and then you know coming to a a, a, a place where I am valued I think I think the other thing is um for competence um if you feel like you're the butt end of everything then you feel like you're you, you're sort of looking for your ego to be stroked if you like the the idea that actually everybody's being fooled you know just look behind the curtain actually there's this whole truth that i now have access to Mm. that you sheeple don't so straight away this elevates me above you it makes me feel like i have greater levels of competence than i did before just by dent of me saying i know i know the actual truth i know what's behind the curtain i understand what's going on you don't you're just sheeple and so i think that's a way of flipping this uh, this sense of of lack of comp- competence all of a sudden i'm now I'm now the one in the know. Whereas before I was worried that everybody else had their shit together. I look on Facebook and everybody's happy and doing great stuff and I'm not. Um, but now of course you can say, Oh yeah, they, they're enjoying, they think they're enjoying that, but they're really just being exploited mm. and I know what's going on. So I think that's another really attractive element of um, conspiracism and cults. It's exactly the same. You know, we would go and knock on doors of huge, great houses and we would say, oh, that's their paradise, you know, but come the new system. Um, and so there would even be witnesses that would say, oh, you know, I like that house. Maybe in the new order, I'll have that one, um, which is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Stepping over the dead bodies of former residents. Um, to bags. A- <laughs> got your um, wheelie suitcase behind you obviously that didn't literally happen but i think you know, no but it's a funny image and i quite enjoyed countering it, it some more 
Okay, so that's the um, the C. competence. Yeah. So if we go back, back to the belonging, B. back mm-hmm. to B, uh, which is belonging, or originally the the theory is relatedness. So belonging or relatedness, what does that paint to you, Celine? Belonging or relatedness. So I suppose it's people that you're automatically connected with. So sort of you are born into generally family um so you've got that kind of like your auto connectedness there your auto related people um but also the people you kind of choose so your friends um the social media circles you basically i mean you're kind of curating that all the time with with who you follow who you like what content you're consuming um yeah who who are your friends who who do you associate with identity markers um like you know do, do you do you put vegan in your bio um or you know yeah xjw whatever these sort of things yeah so we naturally uh we naturally create and attach ourselves to groups or others mm-hmm. um and yeah you're right uh, especially in the the era of social media we have so many multiple groups and identities that we we attach ourselves to much more than I think any other time in history. Um, you know, going back even to my childhood, the only people you'd have any time with or associate with really were people in your streets, you know, and you might play football with them or uh, cricket or something in the streets or go to the park um and obviously go to school with people and as a jehovah's witness i'd have people at the kingdom hall but they would be a very small catchment area of people whereas now of course you know we we can have friendships all over the world lots of different facets of that so it's in theory it's broadened out our ability to make connections and have friends all over the world and i think that when the internet first came out that was the promise wasn't it it was mm-hmm. can you imagine a world village you know where we, you can talk to anybody anywhere in the world at any time and they're your neighbors this will increase our levels of uh empathy to people all over the world and somehow it's not panned out that way mm-hmm. which is i think sad and interesting um what seems to have happened is we've retreated into certain silos and so those silos become the area where we can feel that we belong and maybe that's inevitable you know there's only a certain amount of people you can have within a close sort of group and also differences are always going to appear so you start to separate yourself out according to those differences Mm -hmm. so cults are this is the area that i think cults are in some respects, highly competent at in that they create these very strong bonds between people. In many ways, they are fickle and mm-hmm. fragile because, as we know, if you leave the group, then then you you lose all of those. But whilst you're in the group, there there is a, an incredible sense of belonging and being part of something that you are afraid to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think these... Uh, cultic groups and even the conspiracism or the conspiracist groups so if you belong if you subscribe to russell brand's rumble videos you know you're a kind of community he talks to you as if you're a friend and you might connect with other people who have similar ideas same goes for people like andrew tate and so on you have a a ready-made community there that 
you start to identify yeah. with say very I do powerful. remember in the like advice videos for getting followers or getting subscribers on youtube it was <laughs> like you should say you should welcome people as hi guys or give them a name for your group so like give the group an identity um and yeah. then you kind of run with that i don't think it's as overt anymore um but it was a thing mm. um sort of yeah it, I, I guess like they saw the power of at the time the fangirl they wanted to yeah sort of follow that i mean it's a natural thing that um in itself isn't wrong no none of these things are wrong either you know this is the thing to to just uh-huh. make clear so yeah. it's, it's Being not a fan wrong of something is okay it's fine yeah, it's fine to want to belong to something and it's fine to want to have autonomy and um it's fine to um want to feel related to something all these things you know? exist and are fine it's just people i think take advantage of it's being exploited <laughs> that's it exactly yeah so relatedness is um uh, it broadens it a little bit because i think um it, it means not just social so it's not just the people it's also the ideas so you, you're related to something bigger than yourself you know so you're part of a movement you're part of something important you're you're soldiers of x or y you are you know so you're you become part of a grander um picture i think that's mm-hmm. that's also an element of this belonging or relatedness you're you're related to something bigger than yeah. yourself yeah. so so yeah i think what's happening with um conspiracism and with cultic groups is that these natural psychological needs are essentially being exploited by people and by the algorithms as well so i think there's an element here we've talked about this before that there's um there's an unconscious because algorithms are not conscious but there's Mm -hmm. an unconscious method or mechanism that is attracting us to these sorts of groups um but it it also i think it's it's important to reflect that it, it is itself reflecting something real you know so so actually what they what these conspiracist groups are noticing is something real is that um people are being exploited that people with power are doing that exploiting um that you know we we need to be careful that freedoms aren't taken away unnecessarily from us um and so i think there is something real there it's just unfortunately these things are being manipulated by the very people <laughs> that are often causing the harm and the damage which again newspapers media some of that also some of those people are also those that are doing the same things and um, we speak the day after um, rupert murdoch mm. has announced his retirement at the young age of 92 um mm but you know his if you read his retirement speech it's absolutely astonishing you know i haven't read it yet i haven't read it but i've heard some um bits of it read and it's things like you know people in power the elites don't want to be challenged by um others and uh and then you think well, this is a, an absolutely multi-billionaire who has the most powerful influence over the media owner of fox news owner of mm-hmm. the the times um owner of multiple newspapers in the uk australia the states um 
astonishing that he can basically say, I'm fighting against the the big guys that are trying to keep you down. You know, it's just bring back what? the pie throwing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> yeah. So for any you, you like to throw these things in that I then have to explain. <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's the, the the game we play. Yeah. So this is going back. Oh, he was really old then, wasn't he? It must be He's seven ancient. or eight years ago. But he had to attend a committee, a select committee, I think it was, that was into or an inquiry into phone hacking by mm-hmm. his newspapers um, of celebrities, but also ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked a lot of questions. And during that, somebody managed to smuggle in a like a kind of custard pie, pie and throw Find it. Him. Yeah. It and great. his wife at the time, his young wife, um, the divorce now, he's, he's finished with her and he's had mm-hmm. Jerry Hall and finished with her. Um, but his wife at the time got up and she slaps this guy, an absolute cracker. It was brilliant. It was as good as Will Smith's. Um, and she got him proper. So I think we all kind of, um, she was our heroine for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Okay. So that's the ABC for me of the attraction, the psychological attraction to cults and coercive groups but also to conspiracism it's this um this uh, need for hijacking. autonomy hijacking yes of this need for autonomy uh, belonging and competence and so these offer that now when you're in them whether you actually feel those things is a different matter but i think that's where the attraction lies well then we yet again completed another topic <laughs> And I, I find that quite interesting. A bit more political than normal, I think, and uh, maybe controversial. I don't know. Um, so, I'm just yeah. feeling a bit spicy this morning after Feel all free. the news. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to comment uh, on the podcast. Um, yeah, we keep asking people to, um, to to rate and to... You're just not listening, you horrible to, people. <laughs> to, to feedback on the various apps. I mean, it's the mm. Apple one is the big one, so mm-hmm. that's one that really matters. So if you can do that, we really appreciate it. And, you know, become a patron as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be lovely. It's only a pound a month. Um, we had a nice chat 50. with the patrons. We the did. Day. Yeah, we mm-hmm. had a lovely chat. If you want to be part of that chat, then, um, yeah, become a patron. Lovely to to have you on board. Right, okay, that's it. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been great. And thank you, Celine, for our conversation. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.